welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Listeners, coming to you from the back 40 out in podcast world, Brian Tillman here with another episode of the Accelerator Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. The Accelerator Podcast is a way for the 242 Network to communicate with pastors, staff, possible church planners, and give us all some tools for ministry where we're serving. The 242 Network seeks to leverage our resources in a disengaged culture to multiply healthy churches. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today for Season 2, Episode 3 of our podcast. As Steve Harvey might say, we got a good one for you today. We are branching out a bit And a good friend of mine, Andy Wynn, who is the associate pastor at First Baptist Church, Durham, North Carolina, joins the podcast. During the interview, I talk with Andy about a few areas of leadership and ministry at FBC Durham. Namely, what elder meetings, decision-making discussions look like, some areas of accountability of staff and hiring essentials for a new team member. Check out Andy and all things First Baptist Church Durham on the web at fbcdurham.org and Andy's personal Twitter handle is at Andy Wynn with the numeral one at the end of it. Andy spells his name A-N-D-Y-W-I-N-N. We at the 242 Network would love to connect with you as well. You can check us out on Twitter at 242 Network, on Instagram at 242 Network. We have a Facebook page, 242 Network, as well as a website, um, 242network.com. Hope you enjoy our episode today. Look forward to connecting with you soon. So listeners, welcome uh, to the um, Accelerator podcast. Um, As you know, one of my good friends, Andy Wynn, is uh, with us today, and I'm so thankful for Andy. Um, He and his wife were uh, neighbors of Paige and myself in seminary, and uh, Andy, Tell our listeners about you, about your family, and uh, where you're serving in ministry these days. All right. First of all, I appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast. I want you to know I enjoyed listening to all eight of the episodes that are are already out. And uh, I think if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I could be the first guest outside of Mississippi. Is that? uh, You are. You are. That's awesome. I feel, man, doubly privileged uh, to be here. But 
So yeah, so I am uh, originally from Arkansas, and I understand that you're beginning to uh, work with uh, some church plants there in Arkansas. It's a great state. I encourage you to do that. But uh, my wife and I are both uh, from Arkansas. We were uh, we went to the same church together, and so I, re I remember high school just noticing who is that girl and i was excited that our family started attending the church yeah uh relationships started from there and um i went to oklahoma baptist first i was a, you know, a year ahead of her and and uh, she came uh, the next year and uh, we you know went uh, to oklahoma baptist together and graduated from there got married shortly after graduation and uh, served at the university of arkansas uh, to get or uh, sort of there and uh, with doing uh, student ministry. Okay. I think they call it BCM now. At the time, it was BSU. Yeah. So, so in, Mississippi, in Mississippi, we're still far behind. So we are BSU still. Oh, really? Yeah, we are. We are. Okay. Well, loved my two years there at the University of Arkansas and uh, also was a part of Northwest Arkansas Community College starting a, a BSU there. Um, but it was during that time, the Lord really just gave me a, I was really convicted. I really loved the local church. And uh, though I could serve the local church through BSU, I, uh, I just, I really wanted to go to seminary and uh, be involved in local church uh, full-time vocationally, if that was the Lord's, uh, you know, plan. And uh, so I came out to North Carolina. Uh, it's where you have a, you know, it's where yeah. you come in, Brian. I, I remember. My wife and I, so we first time uh, married six months, and after six months, traveled to uh, North Carolina, came to new student housing, and uh, met one of uh, our best uh, neighbors there ever, Brian and Paige Tillman. I thought you were going to say uh, Chris. I thought you were going to say Chris on the uh, other side. Well, maybe Chris won't hear this uh, podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we love the time at Southeastern, and then. Uh, you know, quickly after that, uh, two years after that, came on staff here at First Baptist Church. So uh, you and Elisa have been married um, 22 years, 22, 23 years. 23 years this Christmas. Yes. And uh, tell us about, uh, about the kids at the Wynn household. Uh, by the way, Brian, I hate to call you on this but i think we were married the same day i know so, uh, i know um okay. but you page, are, is, page is not gonna listen to this so that's right, right. um uh, but just remember we're we're an hour more wiser i think we were married first i think we were the one o'clock wedding but um so yeah what was the question sorry tell us tell our listeners about your uh, your children um you have very blessed to have four children. Uh, our oldest is 20 years old. He's a sophomore at Oklahoma Baptist uh, right. University. Um, we, we homeschooled our kids um, and uh, Jackson thought he was going to Oklahoma Baptist to get away from homeschooling, but little did he know we're still homeschooling him now that OBU's out. <laughs> uh, COVID-19 has brought Jackson back home, yeah. uh, but he's, uh, he's there. Uh, Micah is our second uh, oldest. He's 18 is a senior or a rising senior. Um, uh, Aubrey is our one girl, one daughter. She is uh, almost 16. And then Braden, our youngest, is 12. And 
Um, again, they're just a, a blessing. They're a lot of fun. And I, I told someone this season is a great season uh, to be in with a stay-at-home shelter. Just the kids are old enough to, I mean, we just, we have a good time together. That's right. They're, they're old enough to uh, know where everything is in the pantry if needed, and they can take care of themselves. But uh, it's all always great to have uh, kids at the house for game nights and uh, just some fellowship time. Exactly. So... So, um, you are serving at First Baptist Church, Durham, North Carolina. Is that correct? That's right. What uh, capacity are you serving at uh, FBC Durham these days? So, I've served uh, as associate pastor uh, here, and I've been in that role for a little over 10 years, uh, right at 10 years now, maybe, yep. uh, maybe a little bit over a 10 and Brian, you were uh, on a human level. You and a good friend Ryan, you were, you know, key on the on the uh, key people to even get you know, have us here. I don't know if you remember this, uh, but when you were uh, in interim youth, we just moved in. You said, Andy, you know, we were having trouble finding a church at the time, and you said you've got to come and visit First Baptist, and mm-hmm. and but you were getting a new pastor, and we didn't. Neither of us knew him. We just knew the name, Andy. That's right. Andy yep. Davis, and I said, well, I said, Brian, tell me, let him come and preach one Sunday. If you think he's, you know, if it's going to be expositionally, as if it's mm-hmm. going to be biblical, biblically accurate, we'll consider it. Well, you came home that Sunday afternoon thrilled about the teaching and said, you've got to come visit. And so we, uh, we came and my wife and I have never left. Um, so we, you know, we're members for two years and then in 2000 came on staff. So the first decade from 2000 to 2010 uh, focused more on family and youth. Um, and uh, I think it was 2008 to be exact, I started doing a little bit of what I do now. We just did a couple years of that uh, together. I mean, tell, I, tell Dr. Davis, tell Dr. Davis, he, he can uh, send the uh, finder check um, to me at any point. Um, if he needs my address, I'll be more than happy. Um, listeners, Andy was uh, my seventh and eighth grade boys Sunday school class teacher, um, leader while I was uh, interim youth there. I think that I have the uh, longest interim ship of a youth minister, three and a half years. And I know it's extremely long because when I go to uh, tell the search team, your new youth minister is our seventh and eighth grade boys Sunday school teacher for about a year and a half. <laughs> finally, finally, they hire you. And um, man, it was a great hire. Great hire. <laughs> 20 plus years of service at First Baptist Durham and uh, doing a fabulous job in all the roles that, uh, that you do. So um, it was great. Uh, great friends uh, with Andy and Elisa and uh, thankful for our time at First Baptist Durham before we left to come back to Mississippi um, and go into the pastorate. So your role now, Andy, is um, the, what did you call yourself? Associate uh, pastor. So Associate pastor slash you get everything done, right? Well, I I serve in any way I can. So if that, uh, um, yeah, so I guess some of the main consistent responsibilities are we have small groups we call them home fellowships here yep uh so it, it's to think about that to to make sure that um we're matching those that are gifted and eager to serve in in, in different capacities make sure they're 
serving in, the, in that way. Uh, we also, Sunday school is a big, or we call it Bible for Life, but that's a big role or big responsibility. Um, just making sure that same is that we have um, a variety of classes and, and gifted teachers teaching that. Um, there's just the daily, you know, just staff and, and uh, of course, Andy is, Andy is over the staff, but I just help him from the, on the day-to-day -day perspective of, of uh, continuing there. And there's a lot of counseling that uh, I, I love doing um, with families or individuals. Yep. And then uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll teach in a variety of capacities, but mainly my teaching now, I, I went from uh, teaching weekly to the, you know, with the youth uh, to, you know, there's not a necessarily a weekly slot um, except for the small, the home fellowship that I teach and, you know, lead that. But other than that, there's not a weekly slot, but it's just how, you know, when the, when the need arises or, you know, I fill in for Andy when he's gone, stuff like that. So I've got a, a number of, of questions I, wanna, I want us to touch on, but uh, just in that answer there, uh, you brought up a, a couple of things that uh, I'd like for us to kind of hit on. Um, you brought up home groups and also Bible for Life, which Sunday school or, or on-site Sunday uh, kind of education or discipleship of some, of some flavor, right? That's right. And so uh, are your home groups ongoing and, and are those that are in home groups also a part of Bible for Life on, uh, on a regular basis as well? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's something that both these are things I'm passionate about. I, I see they've been very uh, fruitful in our church. Just uh, our home fellowships, I, I think a way to distinguish the two, our home fellowships are um, you think accountability, the care, um, just the, uh, the community aspect in the life of our church. If there is a, uh, a, a need, a trial, a, a challenge that someone's going through, one of the things we ask quickly, or, or if anyone's going through any kind of uh, issue or challenge, we ask, what home fellowship are you connected uh, to? Or are you connected to a home fellowship? Because that is the, um, the you know, the, this point where we shepherd each other. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, years ago, in fact, Brian, when you and I were here together, I think that for our church, for First Baptist Durham anyway, it was Sunday school yep. kind of met that need. Um, so right now, that's our home fellowship uh, kind of ministry. And, uh, and so our home fellowships, they don't go, they're not ongoing. They go like almost during a sc like school year. Okay. And we start in late August and we conclude uh, at the end of May. Okay. And uh, the summer months, uh, we we really uh, get ramped up for the next year. And so it's uh, the phrase I like to say is that uh, you know groups are you, you don't have to stay in the same group. So you are you're, you're welcome to stay, but you have the freedom to go mm -hmm. and uh, to other groups you know, as you see fit. Our Bible for Life structure is more uh, is really geared to. Uh, I think training um, is the unfolding of scripture. We're, we're taking the Bible and applying it to life. So though there are, there is, there are questions, there's a little give and take. It is more of a um, teaching uh, format with, with some questions, but mainly uh, teaching our home fellowship is a lot of give and take and more discussion in our home fellowships. With your home fellowships, 
all the groups going through the same material or in the home fellowship groups, are they able to uh, pick and choose some of the, some of the different uh, teaching uh, points sure. as well? Yeah, so we ask our home fellowships to either do sermon application or study a book of the Bible together. Okay. And so I think when we first started home fellowships, uh, we, we did a variety of things, uh, books or um, good, excellent books. But yeah. now we've, we've narrowed it down to either a book of the Bible or sermon application. And we've found that that, is, that brings a sense of cohesiveness um, to, the, to the whole church body that Yes, either we're continuing to discuss the sermon or, you know, it's Bible application. And so, or I mean, book of the Bible. Awesome. Awesome. So um, there at uh, First Durham, uh, Andy Davis is a pastor, been pastor there for a little over 20 years now and um, has a uh, seen some great fruit and ministry deepen and widen there mm. uh, through his time. Um, what would you say is the, the mission or the vision? Some people use those terms interchangeably. Some of them are different, but the mission or vision of First Baptist Durham and kind of how, how have y'all worked to get it to the point where it is right now? Sure. It's a great question. I, um, I'll try to be brief here because I think there's our official vision statement. Uh, we exist to delight, display, and declare the glory of God, equipping his people to spread that delight to all nations through Jesus Christ. And so, um, and I love that. I think you, know, del you have the four delight, display, declare. We, I, don't, I wish we would have said disciple and equipping. That would have been four Ds. That would have yeah. been really cool. But yeah. we chose equipping in the, in the vision statement when we crafted it. Um, but yeah, so all of that's there. But for those of you and those of your listeners that, that know or have been acquainted with Andy Davis, um, he is extremely gifted, really, in many areas. One, one is he came from MIT. So he's an engineer, you know, by and just he started as, a, as an engineer. Um, I describe him as a biblical engineer. Uh, so he really, he, he's incredibly sharp when it comes to the unpacking of scripture and is able to just to, 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 to serve it in, you know, bite-sized chunks for, for people to consume. And it's been so helpful. Yep. I think his gift, one of the things he'll talk a lot about is, the, you know, the infinite journey. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have the internal and external journeys. You have two journeys of the yep. journey of sanctification, this internal growth of uh, growing in Christ. And then you have the external journey of, of missions and evangelism. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, very practically when you ask what about our vision of our church, it's keeping those two journeys on our mind all the time, growing in, in Christ likeness and, and uh, faithfulness and holiness and uh, also growing in evangelism and missions. And we can't have one, you know, we can't have one over the other. We need them both. And so that's, that's, that's really what we strive by the grace of God to, to invest and equip our, our body, our church body with. So that, uh, that term, um, that infinite journey is a uh, title of, of one of his books on those on that, uh, it's not a struggle. It's a balance of, of internal and external. And I, I do believe that uh, Dr. Davis 
um, has written that uh, in a superb fashion, but uh, in my time that I served under him and now seeing him from afar even um, get to see that uh, lived out um, and uh, so grateful for his testimony, so grateful for his uh, um, his ministry that uh, is continuing to flourish um, with both of those items internally and externally uh, living that out. Um, so in the last 15, 20 years, as that has kind of bubbled to the top in him and he has uh, shared that with, with leadership, how has that, uh, I, I don't know, changed or grown uh, First Baptist Durham and and the people there with that balance of internal and external. How how do you see that uh, um, being played out or lived out? To begin with, you know, I think of Paul when he says, you know, in Philippians, I say this again. Like it's no trouble for me to say this again to you. I've yep. said this before. I'll say it again. I think hearing that over and over. Um, the first time or, you know, the first few times you hear that, it's like, oh, that's a cool idea. The more that that's unfolded and, and then not just unfolded, and, but just lived out in life, I think the accountability for our church to be thinking, okay, how am I advancing the gospel? What, you know, uh, what responsibilities is the Lord or what privileges has God given me? Maybe it's my neighbor's workplace. We talk a lot about evangelism. So, workplace, co-workers, classmates, um, how am I advancing the gospel? And then, of course, the um, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. And so those two things together, Brian, I think the easiest, the quickest answer is that it's on our mind mm -hmm. often, and it's just um, it's part of our conversation, you know, when we are just hanging out. Um, but it's it's also something you feel humbled. You just realize I have so far to go. And though I say that, though I try to communicate that's the vision, desire, and passion of First Baptist, mm -hmm. we're constantly evaluating and coming up with coming up short. It's like, okay, we want to be more faithful. We don't feel like we're yeah. sharing the, you know, the gospel near as much or growing like we should. And so those are, I think thus the infinite journey is a good word. It's like, okay. We're in it for the long haul, and praise God for that. Um, you know, but I, I, amen. So I think I, I think I would just say it's the repetition of that, and uh, the you know the trying to live that out. So, so is that repetition? Is that repetition? Um, is it a hey first Sunday of 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 every month? We're going to make sure that we do this aspect of the uh, of the mission statement or the vision of the church is there is there a drive that hey we're in 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 youth in kids in uh sunday morning home fellowships hey everybody make sure that you're you're speaking about this um or is it just hey it's it's oozing out of us because that's just who we are no i think with anything if if we like we can do a great job on a garden and then you know uh uh, three weeks later, you realize, wow, where are those weeds come from? We need to tend to it. So I yeah. think, you know, it's it's definitely, um, it's things that we constantly need to look at. Um, recently, we are unfolding to the church a five-year vision. Um, it's hard to, maybe it's just some desires. Where do we want to see our church in five years? Okay. And 
uh, and so when we when we talk about that, one of the things we we discuss a lot is we we do emphasize the the external journey, the, the evangelism and missions, because I think it seems that the churches, and this is the case for us, even though we need both, it seems that churches are either stronger on one or the other. Yes. And and I think that's for us. I think evangelism, we just realized, boy, we just need to do that, do more of that. So the elders have you know recognized that over the next few years we need to talk about it more um we have had a month before of where we're just taking every week this month and talking about us talk, who are your five people that you that are in your life that you know or you think may not be believers let's pray for them let it, us know we'll pray with you and we try to think of testimonies or or examples from the uh, from the church of you know, opportunities we've had to share Christ or not. So there have definitely been emphasis. If, if we don't emphasize it, it will be like that, we, you know, that weedy, that garden that looked good at one day and then the next day it's just weeds all over. But we just, I'll be honest, Brian, um, I think we could do that better. I think we, all the elders think we could do that better and more systematized. And, okay. um, but it, it waxes and wanes as far as the clarity as to sure. how we emphasize that. I think that's with, with everybody, um, no matter the organization, no matter the size, whether you're a few hundred, um, like you guys are, or um, a, a new church plant guy that might have a, a core group of, of 25 or 30, if he doesn't talk about it for, for five or six weeks, guess what? It, it just goes by the wayside, and there's some thorns that have to go, um, right. you got to go weed them out. And so uh, that's, that's definite for, for all of us and everybody in between. Um, how, uh, one of the questions I, I, I've heard and, and one of the answers that I heard about uh, as you were talking are, are your elders there at First Durham and them saying, hey, we got to keep this in front of our folks in a certain way um, so that it, 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 we, we think it's important. The next five years, we believe it's important. And so um, the, the question is, how are you guys um, at, uh, at First Baptist, how are you holding your folks accountable to, hey, here's what we want? Are, are there uh, some, some set items that, uh, yep, here, here's the list of things that has to happen and we're saying you need to bring in front of your uh, home fellowships, you need to bring in front of the body as a whole, whether it's uh, through sermon, um, online items, or how are you guys saying, all right, we're going to hold you accountable for these things of that infinite journey, internal, sure. external items? Yeah, it's a great question. One of the, so our BFL, our, our Sunday school structure is, you know, our teachers are aware of, of, of some of the emphasis. So yep. um, they'll mention it. The, our strategic approach is through our home fellowships, though, or the evening. The, we, by the way, our home fellowships meet on Sunday night, uh, Sunday yeah. evenings. Uh, so everybody, everybody's so, home fellowship meets on Sunday nights. That's right. Okay. Uh, and so, so I'll communicate something to the leaders, saying, you know, over the next couple months, you know, the elders are asking you to re just remind your home fellowship to one, just pray for opportunities. Who, uh, who will you be? praying for? Who is it in your life that, um, that you are hoping that you can share the gospel with? So that accountability, we try to really, the, I guess where the, um, 
rubber meets the road is that accountability within the small groups that the leaders and the home fellowships are weekly discussing it, praying together about it, keeping each other accountable. Um, I will I will say as a staff, we still do something, Brian, that I remember you guys did when you know uh, when I was a Sunday school teacher and, and just observing your life here at First Baptist. But the staff. Get, uh, we gather together every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, 9.15 to 9.45, give or take a few minutes, and we pray. Um, and, and that's been, I, I would have to say, that's probably the biggest way that it, 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 it's encouraging. It holds us accountable. Um, we'll spend a few, I mean, a few minutes. It's sometimes we, we immediately, 9.15, we start praying. Most of the time, that's, that might be the case. Or, but there's also a you know, a few times each week where we'll share how we're doing and uh, what's going on in our ministry. And so I think that daily check-in and praying together has been instrumental for our staff. Um, and that and that also filters, you know, through the elders. We, every time we gather, we're talking about these themes. How, how often do your uh, elders meet on a, uh, on a regular basis? It fluctuates between every other week and every third week. Okay. So there are, there are times we will go every other week, um, but uh, I think that you go every other week, or at least for us, when we meet, we meet long. And so the every other week can become, uh, it's seasons of, of the year can become a lot, so we go every third. Okay. All right. Uh, talk to us, talk to our listeners um, uh, about the, uh, the hiring process uh, at, at First Baptist, when, when you are hiring a, a new um, minister to come on staff, whether it's uh, whatever the role is, kind of how does that, uh, how does that, I, I've used the term already, but how does that bubble up from, from uh, the staff, from the elders to say, hey, we need somebody in this area, and then how do you go after that individual, whether it's uh, a, uh, a director role or a preschool role and it's male or female, just, just how that uh, comes about and, and sure. what, what are some major points that, hey, if you're, if you're about to hire somebody, here's some things that I would say were key for us. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so let me begin with saying that we, we try to look within if we can. Uh, we, well, we start there. We, we start with looking within our church body and we're, we're constantly thinking about that, even though there may not be a position or an opening at that time. Okay. We're thinking of who, who is it that, that we should be investing in and training to either be a, you know, if they're a, a, you know, a man and, and just walking with the Lord, maybe an aspiring or, you know, a future elder. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, as you mentioned, we have, we're so, we're, the proximity that we are from Southeastern is so helpful because we, we find um, we have some faithful members that are coming through Southeastern eager to be trained. And so we're, we're constantly having that in mind. But um, so we look within, when we look without, when we look at other places, we really rely and we appreciate like-minded brothers um, yeah. and uh, recommendations. And, and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we keep those relationships. And so we um, we're learning from each other. And so we'll have recommendations from, from outside, but, you know, when it comes to what we're looking for, you know, someone asked me the other day, uh, specifically, they were looking for um, a staff member, and they said, you know, do you have any, you know, advice or whatever, and, um, and I, boy, I learned from the gentleman that asked me that question, so I, I looked at him, and like, well, you tell me, but, 
the one thing that I'd, you know, I think is helpful is that trying to find someone that is gifted to lead, but eager to serve. And I think when, when someone is gifted to lead or gifted, you know, they're going to be gifted in whatever area that you place them. But the key is, are you eager to serve? Like everyone wants to lead. Yeah. Everyone wants to, you know, be out front. And that's that we need that at times. But what we're looking for is, are you able to use the gifts that God's given you? And though, yes, you are incredible leader. Are you eager to serve? And so I think that's, there's so much I could say about that, but that's the beginning is, is starting there. That, uh, that kind of leads into, uh, um, one of the, the chapters, I believe of, uh, Andy Davis's book on, uh, revitalize that he, he led humbly. And I, I, a number of, of team members or staff, uh, that I have, uh, that I've known or I have been introduced to and just talked with from First Baptist Durham over the years that uh, Andy has been there, you have been there. That is a uh, that is a characteristic or an attribute of you guys. You guys are humble. You guys are willing and ready to serve, and it has uh, permeated the whole church because of who you are. And uh, I just commend you guys for that, and I'm thankful for that, um, which kind of led me into uh, to this question. Over your time at uh, First Durham, First Durham has changed considerably, and uh, Dr. Davis wrote about that in his book, Revitalize. Uh, can you can you just share, you don't have to go through the whole, uh, whole story of it, uh, but just share some of the differences and how he led through that um, and how he continues to just um, project his uh, way of ministry. Scripture is front and center, and we're, we're going to stand by Scripture um, and, and how he leads even today and how you lead with him through that. Yeah. So, and Brian, you were here as well as we already you know, said in this podcast. I'm so grateful for the godly men and women that were here uh, and are still here. And I think we're instrumental in um, just walking along, you know, with us along that journey. And it's so yeah. encouraging to see. Uh, there's not a, a whole lot. I think the, the number is getting fewer now, but there's still, there's still a good handful. I would say the biggest impact that for me, because um, for me, I'm, I'm still observing. I, I, um, it's a joy to serve alongside Andy um, and just see that. But I would say the question, what do the scriptures say? Like Paul, when he said in Romans 4, 3, he asked the question, what do the scriptures say? I have seen that, and I can time and time again, where this, the, the scripture is what is um, binding the conscience of, you know, our, of Andy of our elders, of, um, and I tell you that it's, it's just seeing God's word. And I'm, this is not a cliche, but trusting the Bible, trusting the scripture, that's, it's easier to say and more challenging to do when you get in those moments of where it's easy to compromise um, some area of truth. And so I think it's beginning, and I've seen this, beginning, being convinced that, that scripture is sufficient. Um, and and then just 
really loving the body, loving the uh, the church. And a couple of things I think of is when Paul said, um, it was my joy, I was well pleased to give to you not only the word of God, but my own life as well, because you were very dear to me. Um, that's, I think that's an attribute that we're praying for the elders that we continue to ignite. Yes, let's maintain the scripture. Let's make, let's want more. We want more doctor. We want to be, uh, we want to understand it even better. Yep. We also want to love the church well. And I just think the Lord, I think, you know, Paul said it well. I just, obviously he did. I was inspired by God, but those two things together, loving God and loving people has been helpful. Um, and, you know, just realizing, again, the grace of God in people's life. Uh, so I'll say one more thing. It kind of goes back to the hiring. It goes back to, you know, equipping and really equipping people to serve. One of the things I like to share is, is when we're thinking about people and, and their gifts is really to pray, all right, Lord, what is, what are you doing in this person's life that they thrive and, and, you know, where they enjoy doing. And so if the, the goal of, you know, when we delegate, you know, something, it's not like a, a dumping, a delegate, the delegation of the church is, is seeing, okay, here's the grace of God in this person's life. Here's a, uh, you know, a need in our church. Let's try to match that together. And so over years, the years, I think it's, again, just loving people, knowing them well enough to allow them to serve in the ways where they flourish. And when people are enjoying uh, you know, serving and, and enjoying God's word and just enjoying each other. I tell you, it's a joy to be part of a church like this. So I think, I think it's a, well, it's probably longer than I, you may have intended, but to okay. sum up is being convicted, convinced that scripture is sufficient. And, and by God, because people are created in the image of God there, we, it, it, it would serve us well to love people more and, and strive to, um, just really see what where God's working in their lives. Thank you for the uh, for the insight. Uh, with that, thank you for the example that you personally and all the elders, uh, staff there at First Baptist have and continue to uh, to show and live out um, with the scriptures. High high view of the scriptures, applying them, understanding them, and then just loving the folks that uh, God brings your way. Um, I appreciate that uh, from afar, um, about 11 and a half hours away, but uh, still so thankful uh, for you guys. Well, I tell you, grateful for you too, Brian, for sure. And uh, this, is, this is very encouraging. So we're going to get you out of here with a uh, segment that I call the faves. Um, uh -huh. Kind of just a, a way to uh, let our listeners know uh, just a little more about you. Probably a little on the personal side, not necessarily ministry side of life, but uh, but first uh, with that, here, here's here's the stipulations or the rules. Um, I'll ask a quick question. You just fire off an answer. It it's not a dissertation. It is a, it's a it's a quick uh, kind of rapid fire of the fave. So first question is this. Uh, favorite book or one of the books that, that have just impacted you and your life uh, the most outside of scripture, not scripture. We'll ask that one in just a second. All right. Uh, the Great Influenza. That's what I'm reading right now. 
phenomenal, 1918. So. The, the great influenza is what you're going through right now of coronavirus 2019. There we go. 19, no, 1918. If I said that wrong. You were, 19, you were 1918, but coronavirus, COVID-19, yeah. I, I kind of mixed them up. I got you. All right. So the great influenza, Spanish flu of 1918, that book is, is hitting home. What's your favorite uh, book in the Bible? Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Why? Love the challenge that he asks. Why God? And then the answer, then he says, I will wait to see what you have to say. I tell you, that's, that's awesome. But you I can't expound. You said You're rapid done. fire. So. <laughs> um, what is your uh, favorite meal? If, if you get your favorite meal, what is it? Anything my wife prepares. She's not listening. So, so uh, what, what's, what's, what's the favorite meal? Fajitas. Love fajitas. Love some fajitas. All right. So we got a, uh, a little uh, Mexicano, Arkansas, North Carolinian going right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, I kind of know this one already, but tell our listeners, favorite team or sport or both? Duke football. I love the uh, Duke football team. And uh, Dallas Cowboys if we go professional. All right, so we're a football guy. Even though you're living in basketball country, you are a football guy and uh, Duke football and Cowboys football. Favorite person in history? Oh, that's a, okay. I'm stumped by that one. Okay. Favorite person? I would say, oh, I so I one of the guys I really would like to meet is or have at the in the day was Tom Landry. But, uh, you know, he's uh, yep. with the Lord. So I look forward to spending some time with Tom Landry. Uh, yep. Again, the Cowboys are coming out again. I didn't, you know. So <laughs> actually, your listeners, I don't get a chance to talk about the Cowboys much. So your listeners might, you know, they're, okay. they're going okay. to a lot about We're that, a couple but. of states away. We're close. Uh, so we, we want to spend some time with Tom Landry and, and uh, figure out how many practices it took for them to actually get the uh, stand up on, on the line That's and, right. get, and get, get going. That's right, but you, you got to know, hey, I, I served with Andy, so I am intrigued with uh, John Calvin. You know, uh, I'd like to spend some time with Spurgeon. That would be a lot of fun to be, yeah. you know, be with Spurgeon. Um, so those, yeah, I do have some of those guys as well, but hey, if we have eternity, you know, I'll, Tom Landry first, and we'll get to we'll get uh, you know, Spurgeon later we'll on and Calvin. All right, so uh, favorite vacation spot, beach or mountain or somewhere in between? How much time do I have? You you have as much time on vacation as you need. That's beach. That's You're, beach. If I only have an afternoon, people do these day trips to the beach. I cannot stand a day trip to the beach. It's okay. too much work for little payout. I love a week at the beach. Loving so a week at the beach? Gotcha. If it's shorter time, I'll go to the mountains. Okay. And um, if you get an afternoon to do whatever Andy Wynn wants to do, Elisa, kids, church, ministry, this, this is just your time. What is Andy, what, what are we going to find Andy doing? All right. Uh, part of the day, I'll be at a coffee shop enjoying coffee and, um, you know, reading a book. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll be in a hammock at some point in the day. Okay. I'll definitely try to get a run in, depending on what, you know, how I'm doing it. It could be shorter or longer or whatever. I'd love to run. And then uh, last, I'll, uh, I don't know, look forward to my family coming home. 
All right. So uh, last question is, uh, is this, are you still a uh, huge advocate for the five, 10, 15 minute power nap? Oh, man, that we, we should have talked about that. Absolutely. I took one yesterday. I haven't been to today, 10 to 11 minutes. I'm telling you, it's the best thing. I, I would love to, I would advocate that. Yes. We should have started that. Started the con, you know, the podcast with that. We should have started, but that's where we will end it. And uh, so listeners, you have it um, right there, hot off the, the press, so to speak, through, um, through the airwaves. You need a 10 or 11 minute power nap. It will re-energize you and get you through the rest of the day. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Andy Wynn, uh, you are uh, so kind to join us uh, today. Thank you for doing that. Uh, uh, look forward to uh, getting to see you face to face. Maybe we'll spend some time. I can get the family to come up to Carolina this summer and uh, we can get together again. I'd love to have you anytime. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks again, Andy, for joining us on the podcast. Listeners, we want to hear from you. If there's anything that we can do for you, talking about church planning, talking about ministry, mission, vision, strategy, how you can minister in your context, please reach out to us on any of those social media uh, platforms, uh, 242network.com, at 242network, on, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Hope you have a great rest of your day, week, until we meet again. From the back 40, Brian Tillman with the Accelerator Podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.